The following program was pre-recorded on WFAN. It's time for Hello, My Name is Craig, our weekly candid conversation about gambling addiction. It's supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Now, here's Craig Carton. All right, good morning. Welcome to another edition of Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton, with you for the next 30 minutes or so, talking about gambling addiction, speaking to uh, men and women in recovery like me. And uh, to that end, I'm very happy to have from New Jersey today, Gene. And Gene is a gambler in recovery as well. Gene, good morning, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Craig. Uh, glad to be your brother in this cause. Yeah, no doubt. When was your uh, last wager? My last bet was February 23rd, 2016. All right, so you got, what, about six, seven years under your belt now. Congratulations on that. I'm sure it feels great. One, of the, one day at a time. No doubt. <laughs> right, so let's, let's tell the story here a little bit. Uh, how old were you when you first got exposed to gambling? Uh, I would say I was 10 years old, uh, you know, and I, I don't know exactly when, but um, I remember one of my very early influences was in the fifth grade when uh, our, my fifth grade teacher read us the book, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, you, of course. You know that one. It, yeah. it, it, it became the Willy Wonka story later, later on. And it was just, this was a story about a, a kid in search of a golden ticket. And it, this fascinated me. And I, and I wanted to, to get that golden ticket. And uh, it, it kind of lit, lit a spark in me. That's yeah. so interesting because uh, nobody ever thinks about the Roald Dahl classic as something that's connected to gambling. But in reality, that's exactly what it was. People spending their money on the hope or promise that they'd be the lucky person you know, to get the chocolate bar, the Wonka bar, with the golden ticket inside of it. And there's a lot of great uh, similarities between that and, of course, you know, the lives that you and I led. So once you saw that movie as a 10-year-old, when was the first the time you kind of, or you read the book, pardon me, yeah. Yeah. Um, how did that manifest itself for you as a young kid or a teenager when it came to actual gambling? Well, Craig, I, I believe that like gambling is, is more of an environmental or, or a cultural thing that you acquire. You know, I don't think it's in your DNA or, or anything like that. But I, I grew up in a, in a, in a family, well, oldest of three brothers. And, and my father gambled a little bit and, and gambling was, was acceptable in, in the household. You know, we played uh, rummy for, for pennies and, and, and nickels and dimes. And, and I played ping pong for quarters with my, with my brothers. Right. And, and, you know, it was just like it was OK, you know, but little did I know that, that I, you know, I had that uh, part part of my DNA that, um, you know, where I was going to get carried away. Yeah. And that's the weirdest thing about it. Like, you know, you know, certain things are bad for you. I know if I smoke cigarettes, I have a higher chance of getting lung cancer. But, you know, when you drink, when you do drugs recreationally and when you gamble, how could you possibly know? Unless, of course, you had a relative that went through it ahead of you. Uh, that you had the propensity to fall prey to the addiction of it. You know, most people, the far majority of people, can walk into a casino, play a couple hours of, you know, blackjack or slots or roulette or, you know, craps, go home and it's no big deal. They don't think twice about it. But then there's guys and gals like me and you who, uh, for whatever reason, go down a certain road and then uh, find ourselves completely out of control when it comes to gambling. Yeah, it, it takes over. And, you know, it, it's just something that, that bug bites you. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this. How old a guy were you when you look back on your life with clarity now where you can actually kind of pinpoint, maybe not the exact day, but uh, an age 
range where you felt like gambling did start taking over? Well, when I was in high school, I had a section in my notebook. It was history, English, uh, math, and sports bets. You know, I, you know, I, uh, I started running. I, I, what you believe, I believe you refer to as parlay cards. Right. You know, uh, at my job at the supermarket, uh, and you know, later later on, you know, I ran every pool that, you know, there there was. You know, NCAA. Sure. You know, the 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 triple crown, the sport, every sport. You know, it, it was just I liked that image. I liked that image of of being a gambler of being a, a, a sports guy who, who knew, you know, maybe who's, what, what was going to happen. And, and what, what we're doing there when we do that is we're trying to predict the future and play God. But, you know, I was, a, I was just a kid. I, I got in trouble when I was in college, took a hard fall. Dad bailed me out. Um, so, you know, I kind of promised at that point, I'll go to GA and, That'll be it. Well, be let me, end. if you don't mind, let me slow you down there just for a second, uh, if you don't mind, without glossing over it. So you go to college. You went from being the guy that ran every pool to now, obviously, you're actively gambling. And what happened? You got in deep uh, financially on bad bets that you couldn't pay off and had to call home and, and get help, or is it something else? Yeah, I, I, uh, I went to school locally, you know, from home, you know, I, I tried to get a cousin to, to help me on the bailout and, and then it turned into a family meeting and, and, uh, that was my first hard fall. Got it. And back then I'm assuming it was, uh, you're talking about like street agents and bookies, not, you know, the way it is today, right? Exactly. Yep. God. So, so after that experience, you know, when you have to kind of suck it up and go to family members and deal with the reality that they now know, not maybe not that you have a problem, but certainly that you're gambling behind their backs. They're unaware of your gambling, and got to buy you out uh, and take care of you so you don't get hurt or you know get in deeper. Uh, how long did you go at that point without gambling, or was it? Hey, I'm just going to pay lip service to it, and I went right back out to gambling. No, I was good for a while. You know, like we do have those sabbaticals where we think that we're okay, and you know what I did. And it was rationalization was I started playing in the New Jersey lottery. Okay. And, you know, that was my excuse. Hey, this, this is a good thing. This helps me control my gambling. I'm not sports betting. I'm not at the track. Right. I'm not in AC. All I'm doing is playing the lottery. But that fed the dragon. You know, that, that's the beast. You know, it, kept, it kept, the, kept that fever going. You know, until, if I may, fast forward five years, I scratch off a lottery ticket for a large amount. I'm a winner. Hmm. I pay dad back. I'm clear. I feel like now I got the Midas touch. So I'm back in action. That's so interesting to me, though, that it wasn't until you made your dad whole that you went, you know, uh, back into the deep end. That's interesting to me. Oh, yeah. Because at that point, you're like, hey, he can't say anything to me. I paid him back. So he's good. Everybody's whole. I don't know anybody, any money. I got a couple extra bucks left over from my, you know, fortunate win with a scratch off. You know, why wouldn't I go gamble? I love doing it. Uh, I'm out of trouble. Uh, and I'm sure at some point I'm going to figure it out and get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's gamble. I'm a gambler. I won. I'm a winner. Sure. It's funny. When I was in rehab, I met a couple of people whose addiction was, you know, dollar scratch offs. And it never dawned on me that. You know, you could be addicted to that. And then as, you know, I've spent time as you have in GA, there was a woman in one of my GA rooms who uh, literally very open and honest about it. You know, every other Friday when she got paid, 
uh, from her, you know, very blue collar job, making about thirty-five thousand bucks a year. There would be uh, often times when she would take, you know, an eight hundred dollar, nine hundred dollar check uh, that she worked her ass off for, and uh, five hundred bucks of it would be gone in scratch offs before she got home. And uh, when you hear stories like that, you know, you started getting, uh, I think, a better appreciation for it doesn't matter how much money it is, it doesn't matter what the game is. You know, it's the gambling. It's the whether it's the action, whether it's the thinking you're going to win, whatever it might be. Uh, you don't have to spend fifteen thousand bucks on a hand of blackjack. It could be a dollar scratch off, and we process it the exact same way. Right, same disease. Everybody has a different rock bottom. Yep. You know, and you never can compare yourself to, you know, that story or or the other story. Like some people, you go like, "Wow, that's really bad," and other people, you say, "What is this guy doing here? He doesn't sure. even have a problem." Yeah, you know, it's all the same disease, and it has the potential to destroy you. You know, for me, the only guy that I ever heard talk about gambling openly where I, you know, before I got help and figured out that I had a problem, where it made sense to me was actually Charles Barkley. And I don't oh, know if yeah. I, I'm not sure if I've ever told this story uh, publicly, but I will now for the sake of, of this show. You know, when I got in trouble, the very first person to reach out to me was Charles Barkley. Uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, we were never like close friends or anything, but he'd been on our show a number of times. We knew each other. Uh, we never gambled with one another, but you know, when my story came out that a lot of my self-inflicted wounds were centered around playing blackjack and, you know, huge wins and losses, he could relate to that. And he once said, and I live this where, you know, when you're going out there and you're spending, you know, 10, 15, $20,000 a hand, and you have seven-figure wins, uh, the way the gambling mind, pro, the addictive mind processes it, and I, and, I, and I related to this, was that, you know, if I'm up $300,000, I should walk away. It's enough money. It's more than what most people make in a year. And Never yet, enough. And yet once you have the taste of a right. million-dollar win at a blackjack table, you know, 300 grand just isn't enough because I know I can get to a million because I've done it before. And uh, right. Charles stopped gambling for a couple of years because he had enough people in his life saying, Chuck, you just won 350000 bucks. That's a great weekend. Let's go enjoy it. But his mind was saying three fifty should be a million. I've done it before. Uh, and I related to that very, very much so. For you, before we take our break here and talk about the good stuff, when you look back on it, if you don't mind sharing, what was your your bottom-of-the-barrel worst moment that led you to eventually get the help that you've uh, gotten? Um, Yeah, I'll be glad to speak on that. Um, My last bet was was, uh, in Atlantic City, New Jersey. I I had really wound down my gambling a lot, and this was kind of like a last-ditch effort. It was my wife's birthday, and we were with friends, and uh, we, we won a little bit of money. And... Then I got, you know, to the room, my wife fell asleep and I took those winnings down to the casino and I blew it all. You know, it it wasn't a ton of money, but it was was a good amount of money. It left me pockets empty the next day, you know, and uh, the next day I borrowed some money from a friend, uh, went over to play back blackjack, snuck away from everybody, was up, bet it all on one hand and I was holding 20. And the dealer dealer had a seven showing. My wife comes up from behind me and says, what are you doing? And the dealer flipped over his third seven. 
and beat me. Wow. And I turned around my wife and said, you just destroyed my mojo, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> right. you know, and I blamed it all on her. And I finally realized, Hey man, you know, this isn't, this isn't a life I want to lead. I, I don't want to go into my sixties, a gambler. Sure. So I'm going to stop it here. And now this, this is the end. So I try not to use gambling expressions, but I, I laid it all out for her, you know, cards on the table. Okay. Yeah, no, I got you. <laughs> yeah. And said, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quitting. I said, we're, we're in a financial jam. We're not destroyed, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm done, you know, and I'm so sorry. And that was almost the end of it for us, but through the grace of God, she was able to forgive me. We moved on from it. I started going to meetings. And I never, I never looked back. Let me stop you right there. We'll take a very quick break. We'll continue on with Gene, a fellow gambler in recovery in New Jersey, right after this. Back to more of Hello, My Name is Craig on The Fan with your host, Craig Carton, and supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton with you talking to Gene uh, in New Jersey. Uh, so, Gene, when you stopped cold turkey like that, uh, you must have had urges to gamble again. Uh, how did you uh, avoid those urges? And was there ever a point once you said to your wife, I listen, I got a problem, and she agreed to stay with you and work on it with you? Was there ever a moment where you kind of fell off and did gamble again, or was it legitimately, I'm done and you were done? Um, I, I'm going to say my story might be a little bit different that. I was fed up at that point. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I know you've heard that expression many times in the rooms. Yep. Yeah. I, I made the commitment there and then that I'm going to do this. And, you know, I never, again, through the grace of God, have felt another urge to gamble. And let me stop you, you know, on I, that because doesn't that, isn't that crazy? Because I've said in the show, you know, the last couple shows that I still can't figure out how I convinced my brain to make the commitment not to gamble again. And while you, you're working on almost seven years now without it, you know, uh, I'm coming up on my fifth year anniversary without gambling. And I wish I could figure out why I just, you know, got it, why the light bulb went off. Because for the life of me, I gambled after I got arrested. I gambled after I went to rehab. I gambled right before I went to prison. Well, not right before, but, you know, uh, certainly before my trial started. Uh, and I cannot figure out why I woke up one day and said, okay, now I'm done, and literally haven't gambled or had the urge to gamble since. Well, I try not to figure it out. <laughs> you know, and I, I recommend from my experience that, that you do the same. You know, we, we both went through a rough ride. You know, we can't measure one versus the other. But, you know, commitment to me is, is the foundation of recovery, yeah. spirituality, accountability, you know, and changing your mentality. And, and you're able to do that successfully. And, and maybe you have those tools around you being what, with what you do, you know, to, to know that. I and, mean, you know, at, at first, I must be honest, you know, I questioned, you know, the validity of your recovery because I said, how is he going to do that in that world? Sure. You know, but you've done it. And, you know, I, and this might be a little bit, you know, uh, you know, uh, serving to you, but I, I have to I have to say, uh, you're you're a great role model for people in recovery, and what you're doing is is greatly admired. Um, you know, uh, 
the, the strength that you've shown and the effort that you put in for this program, uh, you know, my hat, my hat's off to you, and thank you for doing well, it. Well, I, I appreciate it very much, and I'm sure you'd say the same. Like you, I'm very blessed to have uh, really good people in my life who uh, want to see me do well, who uh, are now very, very sensitive to where am I, what am I doing, what's going on on my phone, you know, all those things that... You know, I hid before, whether it's gambling on the phone or lying about where I was going or what I was doing. I now have surrounded myself with enough really good people who won't allow me to go down that road if I, you know, chose to. Uh, and uh, I'll say this, you know, talking to guys like you, uh, it just reinforces to me that, you know, we're making the right decisions now. I'm on the right path. And not that every day is easy, because they're not. And I still have a lot of issues and mountains I've got to climb financially that are well-documented. Life is just, you know, it's funny. I, I loved gambling, sports gambling. Blackjack, of course, became my, my bugaboo, but I loved it. I thought I was really good at it. You know, crazy talk. And if you'd said to me at any part of my life that I would willingly just say, I'm never going to gamble again, I would have told you you were crazy. But my life is just so much better not gambling from a standpoint of, like, I have the same problems anyone else has, you know, family problems, financial problems, all that kind of stuff. But my brain used to be so overwhelmingly consumed with gambling thoughts. And uh, just having that free brain space back alone uh, is life-changing in a manner I never thought it would be. Amazing. You know, you know once, once those, that urge is gone, how much more productive you can be and, and you get that clarity. That, that you spoke of and and what a better life it is how how freeing it is yep. like i used to blow every tax return you know every time i had my hands on any kind of money it, i was going to burn it you know and yeah i love gambling too you know and i love that i i got to gamble for 50 years and i didn't go to prison and i i didn't i didn't go insane i didn't right. die i don't know how that happened i don't know how i didn't destroy my nervous system but with the the, the you know, the stress I put on myself, gambling, life is stressful enough. <laughs> so let me ask you this before we let you go. It sounds like you're in a really good place and your family's still together and all that. There are a yeah. lot of people that are listening to this show that have no concept of recovery, that recognize they've got a problem or maybe even worse, they've got a loved one or a buddy or a girlfriend that has a problem and they're not sure, you know, how to get them help and they don't think that they could ever get to where you and I are both you know, uh, at right now, when you counsel younger younger gamblers, uh, when you go to a GA meeting, what do you say to somebody that is at step one of this process? And like you and I felt, you know, five years ago, seven years ago, you know, like the walls are caving in and, you know, I don't know if I even want to wake up tomorrow. What do you say to that young person starting off at square one right now? The first thought that comes to mind, Craig, is, is you know, for God's sake, forgive yourself. You know, you know, you, and start working on yourself. The time that you use to gamble, flip the script. Start using it to recover because it's much better for you and it's a hell of a lot easier. You know, the, the charade that, that we played, you know, the lies, you know, you don't have to do it. Life doesn't have to be that way. It's not worth it. Make a little list. Take a piece of paper and a pencil and write down – a, a list of healthy distractions and just start doing those. And you'll find so many things that are so much better than gambling. Well, it's uh, out there. 
grab onto it with both hands. I appreciate you coming on. I think more people need to start sharing the stories like you did. Hopefully I can return the favor one day. And I'm proud of you, and I'm grateful that you came on uh, to share your story. Thank you so much. I hope to uh, see you one day soon, okay? I'm glad I could be a part of this effort, and I appreciate you having me on. And uh, God bless and much love to you and and uh, everybody out there suffering from this uh, insidious disease. Thanks, Gene. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thanks, Greg. You too. Hey, good luck to you and your new efforts. Thank you very much. Take care. I'd like to say God bless instead. <laughs> I'll take it. Listen, I'll, I'll take it. I appreciate that. That sentiment very, very much. Thank you. Be well. All right. Bye now. All right. Another edition of Hello, My Name is Craig. And uh, with Gene allude to there, obviously, uh, next this upcoming Friday will be my last official day on WFAN with Evan Roberts. But the good news is that both Fox Sports and WFAN are allowing me to continue this show. So while I'm not going to be doing afternoons anymore on WFAN, every Saturday at this time, uh, Hello, My Name is Craig will continue. And I just want to thank, obviously, WFN for allowing that, Fox Sports for allowing me to continue here, recognizing how important uh, you know this message is every single week, giving people a platform to share their stories and with any hope at all, uh, saving people's lives and getting people going in the right direction, specifically in regards to gambling addiction. But in reality, you know, any kind of problem that life throws your way, whether it's drugs, alcohol, gambling, or anything else, I hope that you guys hear this show and recognize as bad as it may seem in the moment, it's never that bad. And a simple phone call may be enough to save your life and get you going in the right direction. So I appreciate them allowing me to continue the show. We've done, what, 100 and I think like 50 of these now in that area. And we will continue on as long as they will allow me to do it uh, every Saturday right here on WFAN. You got Joe Beningo coming up next. And then Evan and I are back Monday at 2 o'clock for the final week of Carton and Roberts on the fan.